Greetings, Minecrafters, and welcome to another, uh, hopefully interesting conversation today, another Minecraft uh, conversation. Remember, Minecraft's about all things well-being, it just all things well-being and, and learning how to manage our thinking. That's really what it's about. Thoughts first, followed by feelings, followed by actions or behavior. So there we go. That's a basic foundation is uh, hopefully that uh, this is helping all of you become the boss of your brain in, in you know, uh, we're all work in progress with this, right? Because it can be hard. It's hard to control our thoughts. However, that is where it all starts. So if we want to uh, be happy, we need to think happy thoughts. So obviously, it's not that simple, though that is a lot of it. So what I want to talk about today is tradition. The Okay, obviously, the holidays are not, you know, uh, happy for everybody they they can not only they're not happy for everybody and not easy for everybody they can all you know all, all, often often be flat out difficult and sad right and so so the talk today is um and again this is not a fix or anything like that it's just about how how traditions can really help to soothe us you know, and if we don't have old traditions, we can also start new ones, you know, but they're the routines can really kind of help us get through. And so my inspiration for today is Sarah Von Brednick. I've been using her a lot lately because I'm just, well, I go in waves also. I go in waves and I'm, right now I'm kind of on her. So she starts out with a quote by Leo Tolstoy. Excuse me. Ah. Uh, it's just kind of that kind of day. It's drizzly and, you know, kind of snuggly. And she says that, or sorry, Leo says, all happy families resemble one another, but each unhappy family is unhappy in its own way. And I think it's a really interesting quote. And so basically we're talking about, obviously it's not, you know, as I, you know, peaches and sunshine or rainbows and unicorns or whatever people say, especially, I think this is more true probably with technology becoming so advanced, I mean, advanced what we're calling it in 2022, right? Uh, because the back in the day, like in the 50s, excuse me again, um, back in the 50s, we only saw what people had if it was right in front of us. You know, the Murphys got a new station wagon, they drove it into the garage, but then the garage closes, we forget about the station wagon. You know, now with all the pop-ups on TV, the computer, you know, there's this constant, constant, comparing going on with what we have and don't have and want and wish we had and all these there's lots of messages of lack all over the place basically because it's the contrast of um abundance or being shown lots of a, a you know lots of different ways to be abundant abundant materially speaking also i think families marketed at the holidays it, it's actually marketed if you look at the you know airbrush things in magazines and you know a lot of people, I think, don't realize that it takes teams and teams of, you know, psychologists and advertisers to put together commercials. And the whole thing is just very staged. Okay, so uh, she starts out by talking about uh, most people assume that Christmas is the hardest for children who've stopped believing in Santa Claus. But I think the holidays are the most difficult for those who have experienced a recent loss through death or divorce, particularly if this is the first or second holiday after their world has been torn asunder. And I, I got to think so too, because 
because also uh, the holidays market families so much, if there's been a, a, a recent death in the family, or even not recent, I think recent obviously would be a little more raw, you know, but the holidays, how do they not make you think of, you know, that person used to sit in that chair or God forbid high chair, right? And, um, or there, or there's uh, been a horrible divorce and now it's things are new for the family. And, you know, the, the mom and dad or mom and mom or, or dad and dad or whoever, they're alter, now alternating kids. So that parent who's alone for the first time and their small children are not with them. I mean, it's no big surprise that the suicide rate goes through the ceiling, you know, at the holiday time. And so though traditions are certainly not the, you know, a fix-all, cure-all, they really can help. So anyway, Sarah goes on and continues to talk about, she says, um, many single mothers often feel uncomfortable at Christmas and unconsciously convey this discomfort to their children. Oh, I'm sure. One way uh, this is done is by putting off holiday preparations until the very last moment, then throwing everything together in a half-hearted frenzy. Perhaps one of the reasons single women and single mothers experience difficulty during Christmas time is because deep in their hearts, they think holiday traditions belong only to perfect Norman Rockwell families. I think lots of people. This is kind of focused. This book, Sarah Von Brednick's book, Simple Abundance, is focused on, on women. Um, but obviously a single dad is also, you know, going through this also, maybe in his own way. And she says, the first time a woman newly on her own opens the ornament box alone, even if she bothers to pull it out, she says, even if she bothers to pull it out, right, I'm not so sure, I don't know. That just sounds like it would be very, very hard. She experiences such a sense of loss, she may decide not to continue the holiday rituals uh, she wants treasured because the comparison of Christmas's past with Christmas present is just too painful. You know, and it does seem like it can just be all too easy to throw the towel in, you know, even, you know, watching or maybe just to like to hide from the Christmas movies and just, you know, hide from all of it. Because again, family, 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 and that's all wonderful. That's all wonderful for families, for families who are together, chosen families, you know, obviously families created out of friends, chosen families or a mix of both. Um, but, but it can just be too much, I think. And, and unfortunately, when we throw the talent on all of it, you know, as I say, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? Some of the the traditions that you have might be actually help get through the holidays. And obviously, it's important to pick and pick and choose these and even possibly start some new ones. And so Sarah says, what's the point, she says, of that mom? The point is that we all need the reassuring and healing messages that treasured rituals provide. One of the most important aspects about family traditions, rituals that families continue to do year after year, is that traditions have symbols and families need symbols. And this was said by Dr. J. Um, Wolin, a clinical professor of psychiatry at the George Washington University Medical School. And he explains... You bring out the old glass, you sing the old songs, you say the same prayer, you wear the same, you know, a certain outfit, you, you know, you set the table a certain way. These are the unconscious moments of family, rit- of family ritual that become emotional security blankets to be tugged on, tugged on in times of stress. 
And I know that's definitely, you know, true, true for us. I, I remember we had a tradition with my grandmother, who was my everything as a child. Um, and then she lived in Indiana. We were in, in southern New York. And back then it was speakerphone. I don't think any other way to communicate existed in the, in the, I guess it must have been the 70s or late 70s maybe. And she used to recite in person when she was with us. And they got, she and my grandfather, Goose, got, became just too nervous to travel, you know, driving through Pennsylvania, that lengthy, lengthy state, wonderful state, but lengthy, lengthy, a lot of snow. And they were older. When they went in a ditch that last time, that was sort of the end. They used to do this all in person. And they would um, try to, she would try to recite the the night before Christmas from memory. And the cousins would all sit around, you know, waiting. Can she go one more line? And when I think back, that all was just so exciting. And then eventually they couldn't come and it was so sad. And she did it over the speakerphone and we all just listened. And then, uh, you know, currently with the family, when, you know, the extended, the extended crew, my, my husband's parents come up and, uh, the, you know, the young adults and everything are here. And um, we all sing Christmas carols. And after a few belts of wine, because the kids are all young adults now, so everybody's putting back a little, you know, uh, you know, a few glasses of wine and, and champagne and things like that. And we all sing the Christmas carols. We all just jump in. There is no plan. There's no rhyme or reason. There's no order. There are also no lyrics. And we're also pretty terrible. Um, but but it's so fun to do that every single year. And it's probably over in 20 minutes since we don't know the words. And the funniest is the partridge in the pear, or the first day of or the 12 days of Christmas. Because we all come back to that five golden rings. That's the one we seem to remember. That we, as we get closer to the end, uh, we tend to forget and we're making mistakes. And it's just really funny. And we also watch uh, the movie Christmas Vacation. And my father-in-law sits there and belly laughs as if he's never seen it before. When it's, you know, an every year thing. And these things are just memories that we'll cherish forever. And also Trivial Pursuit. And that we'll just, you know, keep going as long as possible. And hopefully... The kids will, our young adult children will hopefully keep these going too because there's just so much comfort in it. And, you know, it's only a month away roughly or um, a few weeks away or whatever it is right now. I'm lost in the podcast now because I'm so enjoying it. But I'm already getting the warm feelings of that. Just the things we do, the same, same, same every single year. And so I think they do help us when it get, things get stressful. And Sarah continues, she says... Cherish customs are just as important for grown, grown, she says grown women, because she's focused on women, grown people, as they are for children. I like that. I like that. Because we all have our, our inner child wants to come out too. So it's just as important for us as it is for kids. When I first began updating Victorian traditions for modern families, I thought the reason I delighted in doing them was so that I could create happy memories for my daughter. After a few years, I realized that our rituals brought me comfort and joy. I long for the reassuring that our rituals, oh, sorry. I long for the reassuring rhythm of, of marking the seasons just as much as Katie did. We need to trim the tree, light the menorah, make the Valentines, dye the Easter eggs, attend the Passover cedar, just as much or more as our children do. Our souls can never outgrow the yearning for luminous and, and liminal moments of wholeness. Wow, I love how she said that. And I think it's also true. It is important to acknowledge the inner child. You know, the, we, you know, we watch the, you know, the, our, the vehicle, you know, the vehicle of our beautiful, honorable bodies, you know, 
walking around carrying our spirits, our precious spirits all over the place, as the shell gets older, you know, the inside, the spirit obviously is ageless and that inner child, you know, still needs to be nurtured for sure. I like the way she put that because adults need comfort too. And um, I just like that she sort of acknowledged that. And then Sarah continues, so unpack those beloved holiday traditions, create new ones that express your authenticity. I also like that, especially if somebody's just gone through a, a horrible breakup and maybe it's a marriage with kids and shipping things around and you can start a new tradition with the kids. It doesn't mean throw out all their old ones because they need them. We just talked about that. But it's maybe start one new one, one new tradition that, that you do. Um or if it's a relationship situation without the kids, start a whole new thing. If you do whatever with your partner, start something new with a new partner. Or if it's just you, start something with yourself. And and really being sort of reflecting on the gifts you bring to the world. Um, so she says, create new ones that express your authenticity just as you create a new lifestyle. Traditions are the guideposts driven deep into our subconscious minds. Ellen Goodman tells us the most powerful ones are those we can't even describe, aren't even aware of. Awesome. Okay, so the point is hang on to those traditions. You know, you can pick and choose if you a couple you don't like, but hang on to them. If you're somebody who loves the holidays, well then keep it rolling. If you're somebody who has having a challenging time this holiday season, pick a couple that you really want to stick with and do maybe do them just a little differently, but keep the kind of rhythm going. And maybe start off a brand new one. Excellent. Because traditions really do help to soothe us and bring us comfort. Awesome. This is Kimberly Quinn signing off from the beautiful northern Vermont. Have a mindful day.